Utah Famous listeners, we are hooking you up. You may have heard of Frostbox, a decorate-it-yourself cake kit that is delivered to your doorstep with everything you need, including the cake. All you have to do is decorate it with the provided frosting and toppings, and you have a professional-looking cake without the hassle. This is great for birthday parties, cooped-up kids, or basically just anyone who wants to decorate and eat cake. We have a coupon code for our listeners, and it is UTF10. That is UTF10 for 10% off your purchase when you visit frostbox.store. Check it out. Well, I'm going back to Utah. Welcome to Utah Famous, a podcast about the people, places, and history that make Utah so unexpectedly awesome. I'm Sarah. I'm a Utah transplant with Canadian roots. And I'm Jordan, and I'm a Beehive State native. How's it going, Jordan? Good. (laughs) It's been a minute. We're a little rusty. It has. Yeah, we've kind of taken some breaks, which has been good because... Life can just get busy, right? Life is busy. Spring is a lot. And we are moms. And so springtime for moms, I didn't know it was busy. But now that our girls are getting older, it's just stuff stuff happening. So I'm glad we're back. Yes. And you are, I don't think we've told our listeners, or I think we did and then it got cut out because my recording didn't work. Um, that you are pregnant. Yes. With I your third. Yep. My so, second boy. And yes, I am due in May. I'm scheduled. I'm on the calendar for May 13th. So uh, anyway, that will be. Yeah, that's like five weeks away. So yeah, I've been that's so crazy kind of like in nesting mode but then it's also like the third so <laughs> just kind of like eh, right. whatever happens what happens <laughs> but today, I, yeah, yeah I was like I probably should like get out the old all, you know the clothes from my um number two and get that get his old clothes all washed and ready and so anyway today I was kind of organizing that but yeah I'm excited yeah that is awesome I'm very excited for you. We'll probably have to take a little break from the podcast a little bit, but yeah, um, hopefully not too long. And I'll probably just, you know, be a little sleep deprived. It might be great. <laughs> Those episodes <laughs> yeah. might be our best. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got my second vaccination today. Woo woo! Nice. I'm How do you feel? Excited about that. I feel fine. <laughs> um. Do you feel like a I superhero? Do you feel like you have... <laughs> I feel like, bring it on every yeah. day. Yeah. I feel a little tired, but then I'm like, wait, is this like my normal tired or is this uh, second shot vaccine tired? I'm not sure. So yeah. we'll see. It's probably a little bit of a mind, a mind trip of yeah, like, oh, yeah. I will probably f- get sick. Am I feeling sick? Is this me feeling sick? <laughs> yes. Every like slight headache. I'm like, okay, is this it? Or do I just have a regular headache? I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Nice. Yeah. You know, getting back to normal is what I'm excited about. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I was looking at the news 
today. <laughs> and oh, today, is Utah so, in the news? <laughs> yes, Utah in the news. Um, and today, the day that we are recording this is not the day that it comes out, obviously. But today, 28 years ago today, yes. a movie that we did an episode on came out. Oh. What is your guess as to which movie? It 28 is? years ago. Okay. 28 years ago. That made me feel very old. I, I know. I was like, I wasn't even. No, I was born. <laughs> so <laughs> would have been 94? 93? Yeah. 93. 93. 93. 93. Um, 93. Movie. Dumb and Dumber? No, that was like the no. late 90s. Sandlot? Sandlot. Woo. Yes. It came out 28 years ago. Holy cow. Wow. That's wild. Yes. So. Nice. How old was I? In 1993, I was 13. You were the perfect age. I know. Like, really? Cute boys. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So isn't that crazy? Twenty eight. That's <laughs> it's wild when like you say like, oh yeah, that happened just back in like the eighties or nineties, and that's not that was so long yeah. ago. It and just you doesn't seem stop for a minute. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually calculate it. Yeah, yeah. It is crazy. And then one other thing I saw a few days ago. So you might remember from our Utah Lake episode. I think it was the second one that we uh, interviewed Sam Breger from the Utah Lake Commission. Yeah. Um, But he was talking about the Provo River Delta project. Mm. Um, And I just saw the other day in the news that they were talking about how the construction for that has finally begun. So a big part of this effort is to kind of join the Provo River back through a series of deltas to Utah Lake. And it's to help recover the endangered uh, June sucker, which oh, is a fish. Right. Yeah. So that starts so, this summer? Yeah, they're starting it. And so the June sucker is native to Utah, Utah Lake. But when they introduced all the, the carp, as you will probably remember, yes. um, it would eat all their eggs. And so... It, that's why it's on the endangered list. So this whole project is um, to bring those back. Of it is to bring them back, which is kind of cool. That so, is really cool. I also remember learning what a delta was when. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so go back. <laughs> go back, and you'll hear me ask that question. Yes. But yeah, um, oh, yes. yeah, that's cool. That's that's awesome. Um, I heard and I had the article and then I lost it, but, um, Bud Light has a Utah beer. I <laughs> saw that. Did it's you like see the that? first state or something that they've yeah. done it like a state limited series or something. Yeah. Right? And I think, I don't know what the difference is, but like the, the logo or whatever, you know, or yeah. the, the label is about Utah or whatever. Um, right. I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> I just thought that was so <laughs> random that they picked us. I'm sure it was an know, ironic, like, why Utah? funny decision. So there we go. Check it out. Very cool. Yep. So are you ready for this week's episode? Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. So this week, 
I'm going to get into the history of Trolley Square. I'm excited. I have no idea about... I mean, I know Trolley Square, kind of, yeah. but, like, I like don't know anything about it. You've probably been there, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to go way back. So, <laughs> hold on tight. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Trolley Square, for those of you who don't know, is located at 602 East, 500 South in Salt Lake City. And today, it's basically a mall yeah a very like abandoned yeah yes um but we are going to go way back and a lot of this information i got from their website trolleysquare.com they had a really good history some of it i got from wikipedia so i'm just going to start with this from their website so it says In January 1872, the Salt Lake City Railroad Company formed and applied for enfranchisement with Salt Lake City. By early summer in June of 1872, the first tracks had been laid from the rail depot at 300 West and South Temple to 300 South and Main Street. In July, the first mule-pulled streetcars were available to the public. <laughs> How Mule nice. pulled. That's all I ever wanted. That sounds super reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, the first line of track measured 1.5 miles in length. So it's kind of interesting, like 1872. Okay. The Mormons came in 1847. Right. So less than 30 years after that. They were. We had a mile track. We had a mile and a half track pulled by <laughs> mules. Um, in the early days, passengers were said to complain about the bumpy ride, the unexpected <laughs> stops the mules would insist on making. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the streetcars coming off the tracks, and even the inconvenience of having to stop and walk the rest of their destination due to spooked. Jumpy or even runaway mules. So, oh my gosh, maybe yes. they need a different animal. Mules don't sound very, very strong. No, they are not. Uh, they need brakes. Yeah, they're not reliable at all. <laughs> um, despite the occasional inconvenience, the transportation option was quite successful. The mule pulled streetcars were used from 1872 to 1888. So, I mean, okay. a few complaints, but you know. But that's uh, all they had, so that's what they what had. Do you do? I mean, yeah. it sounds terrible for us, but we know better, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and then I was also thinking, like, Salt Lake has these huge blocks, like, twice or three times the size of, like, other cities' blocks, you know? So it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe the mule was the best way to get <laughs> around town. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They obviously used it for over for, 10 years. What, so like 16 years. Yeah. All right. Must have, yeah, must have worked. Um, and then in 1888, a man named Alma H. Wynn thought that he had a great idea on how to get rich. Mr. Wynn had his eye on an empty lot between 500 and 600 South. So we're trolley square is located today the 10 acre lot was known back then as the 10th ward square 
and was set aside in 1849 along with other public squares to be a community gathering place. On February 15th in 1888, Mr. Wynn, who was dubbed the Land Shark or the Land Jumper by the newspaper, so we can kind of see where this is going, um, took the square over, plowed the ground, and put up a sign, <laughs> this land for sale, even though he did not own the land. Um, unfortunately for Mr. Wynn, his dreams of easy money was all for naught because the land belonged to Salt Lake City and Mayor Francis Armstrong was having none of the land sharks games. So a massive posse was formed the next day and was deployed to the 10th Ward Square to send Mr. Wynn and his accomplices packing. Um, this land shark controversy was a wake up call to Salt Lake City, that something positive needed to be done with this public land. So then on March 7th, less than a month after Mr. Wynn tried to steal the property, Salt Lake City sold the 10th Ward Square to the Deseret Agriculture and Manufacturing Society, which ran the Utah Territorial Fair. So after that whole fiasco um, and it was sold. There was a contest to design the new Utah Exposition Building. Um, and the winner was someone named Richard Cletting, who was an architect. And this this uh, exposition building was early in his career. But then he went on to design other Utah buildings like the original Salt Air Resort Pavilion, the original Salt Palace, which is not the Salt Palace of today, <laughs> Um, okay. the, the Enos Wall Mansion, which is now um, part of the University of Utah campus. It's the Thomas S. Monson Center um, and the Utah State Capitol Building. So he designed this um, building and they built it. And so the entrance of where it was is kind of right in the middle of where Pottery Barn is today at the current oh, Trolley yeah. Square Mall. <laughs> So the exposition building was used for a lot of it, football games for some reason. So oh, like the wow. University of Utah football team would play there in like the 1890s. Um, and they also Salt Lake High School would play there. And I'm not sure if Salt Lake High School is like East High or West High. I don't know. But yeah, I there know. was apparently some big game played of Against the University of Utah versus uh, Salt Lake High School oh. back in the day. So this was like, like early. Like college versus a high school? Yeah. Early days of football. They didn't have a lot of, they didn't have a lot of teams to play against. <laughs> I guess. In and they're playing inside the exposition building, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, but unfortunately that building couldn't stay. The city and the state were growing, and in 1902, the land and the buildings were sold back to Salt Lake City, and the fair moved to its current location, so the fairgrounds, the Utah State Fairgrounds, which mm. is at 155 North, 1000 West in Salt Lake. And then mining tycoon David Keith bought the property for $45,000 with the aim of subdividing the property and building townhomes. By 1904, Richard Cletting's grand design 
was torn down and the bricks were used in other buildings like around Salt Lake. So it's kind of sad. Like I saw a picture of it. It's a really pretty building, but they tore it down in like 1904. That's not that long. Not that long late. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very old. Then in 1881, Salt Lake City became the world's fifth, the world's fifth city to electrify with a central station source of electricity. So one of the first main uses of electricity. I know. Isn't that crazy? Way to go. Yeah. One of the first main uses of electricity was to run streetcars. So the Salt Lake City Street Railway Company in 1872 had started the city's first streetcars pulled by horses and mules, like we said. But in 1889, Walter P. Reed, I think that's Red Reed, R-E-A-D, General manager of the Salt Lake City Street Railway Company had the idea to turn the streetcars into electrified wonders for downtown transportation. So electricity replaced the mule pulled trolleys, allowing some families to live further from downtown. And then they could just take the trolley in. Um, and this is interesting Ogden, Provo, and Logan. Also had electric streetcars. Oh, wow. Way to go, guys. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the first trial run was made on August 8th, 1889, with luxurious new streetcars to replace the often unreliable mule pulled (laughs) streetcars. On August 16th, 1889, the electric streetcars made their way onto the rail lines for public use in front of Old City Hall in Salt Lake, which is on 300 State Street. The cars were such an instant success that on their first day, launching a crowd of 500 gathered within... Yeah, isn't that crazy? There wasn't a lot happening. Yeah. I'm sure that was just like... That was it. Yeah. That was such a huge upgrade, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's pretty mind-blowing, maybe, that electricity is moving these cars. Yeah. And then within just a few years, the fleet of streetcars would grow to 63 and more than 42 miles of rail track were laid throughout Salt Lake City. Mm. So at that time, kind of between from 1872 all the way up to 1970, not all these companies spanned that length of time, but there were seven streetcar companies in Salt Lake. The Consolidated Railway, called Utah Light and Railway Company, was then purchased by a successful railroad tycoon, Edward H. Harriman, in 1906. So, two things. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the city of Harriman. It is spelled different (laughs) than the city. So, he has no connection to the city of Harriman, Utah. Okay. Um, But... If you might remember from our Butch Cassidy episode, yes, he was uh, infamous, Harriman, for like relentlessly pursuing Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. So he played a part oh, in that. Story. I do remember that. I remember, yeah. like, yeah, I that there that sounds familiar. Yeah, um, but Harriman was kind of like the most influential man in the business of American railroads. And he assumed the office 
uh, president of the Union Pacific Railroad in 1903. He had grand plans for Salt Lake City as the center of a multi-million dollar operation. As soon as he took control of the streetcar system, he began updating the streetcars, modernized the maintenance shops, and the power lines. So it's just kind of interesting that he's this big yeah. guy and he's come, he's like, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to do something in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like way before other people, other cities got the chance. Yeah. So Harriman then commissioned a state-of-the-art facility to house the trolley cars and he chose a 10-acre plot of land on the east side of Salt Lake City which was used as the territorial fairgrounds, like we just talked about, until it was outgrown and abandoned, like we talked about. Um, In 1902, the land was perfect for Harriman's plans. The new state-of-the-art trolley fleet building held 144 double-truck streetcars, which I'm not sure... What a double truck streetcar is exactly. Sarah, you don't know. I don't, I'm not up on my streetcars. I guess. Ugh, I know I'm trying to explain it. You'll have to just look it up. I should have Googled it. No, I think we're, we're, okay. we're good. Um, and then it was divided into four massive bays with four tracks each. And it had 208 skylights, which provided lighting for the building. As fire was always a risk, Harriman included the iconic 50,000-gallon water tower, which is the landmark that is still at Trolley yeah. Square. Out front. Yeah. That's how you know you're yeah. there, right? Yeah. It's the only way. In an effort to keep Trolley Square as independent and as self-sufficient as possible, he even had blacksmiths and carpenters on site building parts by hand. The trolley car system ran from Salt Lake City to Holiday, Sugar House, Bountiful, and Centerville. Isn't that oh wow crazy? Paula, That's far. Centerville. Yeah, that is far. That's really cool. That pro- like had to have changed. Oh yeah, everything like where people chose to live, yep. where you yeah, like how far how you far fast you could obviously fast you could travel, but like where you worked or Yeah, that's cool. like you could live in the suburbs essentially. Yeah, you didn't have to live in the center of the city. Cause like otherwise you're on like your own horse, right? <laughs> like I'm trying to think of back then. They I guess Yeah, like your horseback, yeah. like a wagon or something, carriage. But yeah, it's so crazy. Um, it totaled 146 miles of track. Wow. Which made it the premier transportation system in the state. It was said to be top of the line, best in the country, state of the art, world class trolley system. Mm. And Harriman wanted it to be a shining example of progress. And through the 1920s, it was. By the 1930s, however, Utah Light and Traction Company had peaked and began replacing its trolley lines with buses, bus routes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So in 1946, buses had replaced the last trolleys and Utah Traction became Utah Power and Light. The trolleys were done. They were, yeah. 
That's I. Yeah. I mean, they're just buses are just not as cute as trolleys. <laughs> oh no, they're not. So they seem not as fun. Yeah. Also. But once the Utah Light and Railway Company ceased operation in the early 1950s, the buildings were painted yellow and turned into bus storage. Eventually, the property fell into disrepair and was threatened with demolition in 1969. The trolley barns deteriorated for decades until being saved from demolition in 1972. So it sounds like they had demolished a, like other similar buildings to Trolley Square or, or the ones and they turned them into bus stops or bus storage houses or yeah, whatever. Yeah, cuz they had, yeah, after the trolleys were done, they turned it into bus storage, but then I think it was just because it was kind of falling apart, maybe they just abandoned that idea. Yeah. And so, yeah, they were going to demolish it, but it was saved. Um, a local family purchased the property, adapting it for retail use. Wally Wright was the architect for the project. Uh, and he is still well known today for his work on that historic property. Wright's vision for Trolley Square was inspired by Ghirardelli Square... In San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a chocolate factory that was refinished as a shopping center. It was Wright's idea to remodel and restore the trolley barns into Utah's first festival marketplace. So Wright not only preserved the barns, but he incorporated parts of historical buildings around Salt Lake. And then he fragments of Tooele's Anaconda Mine which was a copper mine. Oh. Yeah. The vertical supports for the shopping center's banisters are curved like cow catchers of the early trolleys. And I did Google cow catchers. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, what? Um, so if you don't know what a cow catcher is. Of so course you- we know, Sarah, but tell us. <laughs> I'm just going to tell the three people who don't know. Um, <laughs> so, you know... Like if you think of a train engine and they have that piece out front on the bottom that is kind of angled and comes to like a point. Oh, so like, yeah. Like a, the great <laughs> triangle thing that like, yeah, like, yeah. If you think of like Thomas the tank engine, this is my point of reference. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like red or something on the front. So that's a cow catcher. I'm assuming. Okay. If so cows like were on the, the track. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> The train doesn't stop. It just blows through them and pushes <laughs> yeah. them off. It just, just so softly. nudges them off. Next time you're at Trolley Square, see if you can see the banisters that are curved like cow catchers. I've that never funny. noticed that before. No. Um, yeah. Inside the shop, the spectacle, which I'm not sure which shop that is, um, is an ornate mansion staircase. That has been saved and transplanted from like an old Salt Lake mansion. Oh, that's a torn down. That's a current store. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's that's cool. Because of Wright's thoughtful remodel, Trolley Square was more than a shopping center attracting tourists. Its collection of boutiques, pubs, and entertainment centers prospered through the 1980s and 1990s. The first store to open at Trolley Square was the Trolley Gas Station, 
which I don't know if that's still there either. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the old spaghetti factory, which is still there. The pub and Payne Anthony Jewelers are still open at Trolley Square. And a few others, I think, were part of the original businesses. But additional early restaurants and retailers include Chalk Garden, William B. Woods, Haroon's, the ice cream store, Corn Dog Trolley, Trolley Games, the Granary Pizza Loft, Casa del Sol, La Bathtique, and Trolley Theaters. So, wow. Don't think any of those are around anymore. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have ice cream now. I mean, I know that's the last time I went was to get ice cream, but probably not the same company. (laughs) No, I don't think so. But Trolley Square quickly became one of Utah's most popular attractions, offering unique shopping, dining, and entertainment in a charming historic atmosphere. Trolley Square was registered as a historic site by the state of Utah in 1973, and it was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1996. Some of you might remember that on February 12th, 2007, there was a shooting at Trolley Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of like the worst shootings in like the West that if I remember. Oh, quite possibly. That time or whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. Because it was 2007. So... 14 years ago, um, a gunman identified as Suleiman Talvik killed five bystanders and wounded four others before being shot dead by several members of the Salt Lake City Police Department. Authorities were not able to determine a motive, but it was definitely premeditated. Five officers were honored at the Utah State Capitol on February 16th for their bravery in the Trolley Square shooting, including Officer Kenneth Hammond of the Ogden Police Department. He was off duty and happened to be there with his pregnant wife for dinner. And it can get tricky when you're an off-duty police officer with a gun. So he, like, his story of it was like he yelled out to people like, I am an off-duty police oh you know but he was able to kind of distract the gunman from shooting at other people holy so wow um was was the gunman inside the buildings or was he in the parking lot or do you remember or did it say he did shoot some people in the parking lot and then shot people inside. inside like some people were in like a specific store okay very sad yeah, and very shocking when that happened. But that was 14 years ago. I was going to say, I kind of feel like Trolley Square hasn't really recovered from that. Um, right. So bec- I don't yeah. I don't know if you're going to go into that, but that's how that's like my feeling of it. I mean, I was only yeah. 18, I guess, when that happened. Um, but I yeah, that's kind of how I feel like where I I was. We had gone to Charlie Square like to go shopping a couple times, and then um, after that, I feel like you know we would go to go to like maybe dinner for like a prom date or something. Yeah, but there weren't really there weren't like a lot of shops weren't there anymore. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you yeah, finish. Well, but. so because this was in two thousand seven, and then in two thousand eight, 
So the Great Recession hit, right? Right, right, right. And so that was definitely a blow to Trolley Square. Right. And I think that just, like, even now it feels pretty empty. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's, yeah. it's so – it's very – it's a very cool building. I always – I remember always thinking it was cool, and I've been in it recently. Um but there's just nothing there, which is sad. And, um, yeah. but they do have a Whole Foods and a pottery barn, like, which is yeah, so yeah. kind of, kind of random, but it is, it could be very cool. I mean, it is still cool. It just, I wish it was utilized more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So despite an ongoing $60 million renovation and the arrival of Whole Foods, Trolley Square's occupancy, which peaked a few years earlier, at 96% dropped by half. So bankruptcy soon followed. Yeah. And then in May 2013, Trolley Square was purchased by Salt Lake City local Kosro Semnani. I hope I'm saying that right, of SK Hart Properties. Semnani is working hard to return the historic center to its former glory. So since he took ownership, Trolley Square has already begun various renovations to maximize the center's potential, updating its original structure, receiving new landscaping and revitalizing the historic water tower with new LED lighting. Mm. Um, And something that I didn't know that the water tower for many years, (laughs) the tower was a weather beacon. So it would give local weather forecast based on the colors of the lights. Oh. So the solid blue being fair weather, flashing blue being cloudy weather, solid red being rain, and flashing red being snow. So I'm not sure if it still does that, but I had no clue that that was a thing. That is what the Walker building does downtown. Oh, really? Um, it says Walker um, on the top of it. And it's I think it's this, uh, the same code or whatever. I'm sure it... Um, and I believe it still does it. I mean, I think it's um, always done it. But I didn't know that Trolley Square did it. And I've, I, drive, I drive by that one more. Um, but I guess it's mostly during the day. So I need to go at night and pay attention. Yeah. Very so, cool. I, yeah, I don't know if they still do that, but... We'll see. Yeah. Additionally, a new visitor center is currently under construction, I think. So a space for visitors to learn about the charming history of both Trolley Square and Salt Lake City. So which I think, like, looking on their website, they have, like, a Trolley Square History Museum that is open. I'm just not sure if, like, the visitor center and the Trolley Square... uh, history museum are the same thing so okay there is a history museum if sarah i i feel a uh field, a field trip, trip coming <laughs> yeah we can go let's do it we have to stay until night so we can see if the <laughs> tower is going yes. we can definitely do that and like <laughs> eat at the old spaghetti factory <laughs> yes since it's been there for forever so that's so cool yeah. i didn't i had no idea um, another prominent feature of Trolley Square is the sky bridge that connects the main building to a small parking lot located across the street. Is that mm. still there? I think so, yeah. I feel like I can see it in my head. Okay. The bridge 
was made from a salvaged ore conveyor bridge formerly in use at the International Smelting and Refining Company facility in Tooele. It does all so. have like a very like steampunky vibe to it. It's yes. Just, oh, it totally does. It's yeah. just like metal and uh, like iron and cobblestone. Yeah. And, it's, and like big rivets. Yes. And, and random yes. like hallways. Like it's it is yeah. It is cool. I wish, like I said, I wish it was used more than it is. I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what my suggestion would be, like how they could get more people there, but it is a cool building. It's a cool place. Oh, the bridge goes over 600 south and it features a neon lights in the form of a trolley. There are also, which we should also do this on our field trip, there are tower tours where you can spend like 30 minutes at the top of the tower. No On way. a guided tour. Doesn't that sound cool? We can be the weather lights. We can <laughs> That's be so cool. Trolley Square. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like a month or so ago, I was at Trolley Square and every time I go there, I'm like, it's so empty, but it's just so cool that it's like a head scratcher. Like, why is this why is it so empty? But I guess it's they just haven't quite recovered. Yeah, from well, the and recession. If you think of like, yeah, the recession. I mean, and I feel like this recession took out um, Crossroads Mall, and then yeah, they replaced it with the new mall. But then Gateway kind of yeah suffered because of the new mall. Maybe because of two thousand eight. I can't remember the timeline on how all that played out, but right. um. The new City Creek Mall seems to be doing well, but are people just not going to malls as much? Like, maybe that's right, the I don't know. problem. Like, because there are, you know, before it was like you could only go to Nordstrom if you went to City or to, uh, yeah, to the mall, the mall, Crossroads or whatever. Or like, but now, you know, there's Fashion Place and there's just, and obviously online. So I don't know if like being more of a mall is the answer, but I wish they could somehow figure it out. Yeah. And I mean, and 2020 probably has not helped <laughs> at all <laughs> Yeah, with uh, brick and mortar stores. Um, but do you remember there used to be a Hard Rock Cafe there? No. Did you did you ever go to the Hard Rock Cafe? I don't cafe know if I ever there? did. Do we have another Hard Rock Cafe or was that our only one? No. I feel like Hard Rock Cafes are not cool anymore. Well, Sarah, Maybe if you're take in it like easy. Las Vegas. <laughs> no, but I, but they're still around. But do you aren't remember they? how popular they were? Yeah, they were. Yeah, I think there's a few, but like yeah, we had a Hard Rock Cafe Salt Lake and I think I Went there once or twice, and they have, like, lots of Osmond paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But And then I think it was turned into, like, a Wise Guys comedy club, but I think it's something else now. Or closed. Yeah. But, yeah, there are stores like Pottery Barn, which is, I think, the only Pottery Barn in this area. I think it is, yeah. Um, Alice Lane. Oh, yeah. Alice Lane... Uh, Whole Foods. Do they still have Rodigio Grill? That's they the do. place where a lot of people would go for dances. And it's yes. so funny because I don't, I think it's still like a nice restaurant, but it seemed so nice at the time. And now I feel like it kind of yeah. lost its appeal to me for some reason. Like its specialness. Yeah. yeah I just, but anyway, yes. Rodigio Grill is there. Yeah. So Rodigio, I think normal ice cream is that what you're talking yes, about? Ice cream. It's very good. So they, 
used to have like a food truck in. Yeah, just like in the lobby almost. Yeah. But now I think they have like a shop. Oh, cool. And, and I think it is at Trolley Square. I could be wrong. But they have William Sonoma, the old spaghetti factory, like we said. They have some new fitness places like Orange Theory Fitness. Um, and my favorite place to go there is Sam Weller Books, oh. which is such a great bookstore. I don't know if you've been there. Because Sam Weller used to be, was it like right downtown or something? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. And then they moved to Trolley Square. Okay. And it's cool. Like it has an upstairs and stuff. And that's like our favorite place to go at Trolley Square. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And so like looking at the directory, I'm like, oh, there were there are a lot more <laughs> shops here than I realized. You know, yeah. I think it's just bigger than you think it is. I took a hip hop class there for fun. Oh. With my nice. friend Millennial Dance. Um rents out some of the spaces there. And um, you can take some dance classes there, even if you're an amateur. (laughs) Even if you're a beginner. Yeah, it was fun. I saw that like a few of the, I think you can have offices there because Elizabeth Smart Foundation has two um, spaces there. Stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. There's kind of a good variety. I guess that's what, yeah, maybe it should be like a... We work situation where people yeah, can, that and that's probably is cool. kind of what they do with like Millennium Dance is they yeah. just rent out spaces when they need, or I'm not sure, but that, oh, yeah, that could be a, that, I don't know, I don't know why I feel like they're listening to this to get ideas, but <laughs> yes, definitely. I've been trying to solve their problem in my head. <laughs> yes, we're trying to solve all the problems, but yeah, I like, I think that would be an awesome place to work. It's just a cool location and there's restaurants and shops and stuff. So, yeah, maybe if they got like, I mean, I guess there's like a Trader Joe's and stuff like around the corner, but like a another couple like more quick service restaurants that yeah um, would draw people in instead of like only having more fancier places. Yeah, there was um, a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> filmed there <laughs> of course that is like the ideal home i can't believe there's not like 10 i should have maybe started with that yeah that's how you should have opened <laughs> i should have started with that the hallmark movie the mistletones which stars tia maori and um tori spelling <laughs> oh no way so if you want to see Trolley Square in a Hallmark movie. Missile Tones. Are they, do they sing? Missile Tones. Yes. A talented singer forms a musical group and challenges her rivals to a competition on Christmas Eve. Oh my so, gosh. Wait, does Tori Spelling sing? In real life? Yeah. Or just or in is, is she just. I don't, I don't we'll know both. if she sings. So <laughs> I guess you could I, have like dubbed her voice. Yeah. So they maybe did that for this. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, it's part of it is in Trolley Square, guys. There we go. Which is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. There's the story of Trolley Square. Very cool, Sarah. Yeah. Love it. It's very interesting, you know? Yeah. The stuff you learn when you do an episode. I had I, I knew it like I said, it felt kind of steampunky piecemeal. Yeah. But I yeah, I didn't know the full history. Um 
But then also just that it wasn't really even like a mall type situation until I think you said like the 50s. So I think it was, yeah, like the early 70s is when it was saved from being demolished. So yeah, that's when they started to turn it into Utah's Ghirardelli Square. (laughs) I do love Trolley Square, though. So I hope it sticks around and I hope it does better and go to Sam Weller Bookshop because it's really cool. Yeah, I need to go. I haven't been. I don't think maybe I have. It's like I said, it's not. I don't go there often, which is what we're finding out is their problem. <laughs> they need more people <laughs> I know, to that's go what there. Like, maybe but... we just all need to go there. How about that? Honestly, I feel like there's so many. Like you know, there's just like a couple places where they try to fit like in a million. Um, like little restaurants, like especially in Sugar House or yeah. right now, like I feel like Fort Union where it just gets really congested and it, you know, they have like the kind of the same like local restaurants. Like why didn't no one ever put like do those in Trolley Square instead? Like they already have yeah. the big parking lot capacity. Right. And none of those are, a lot of those aren't drive throughs normally. And so I just feel like. So I don't know. There's just so many areas. I'm like, why did they put so many places in one spot? Yeah, that's unless true. you're going to be in like a mall, which would make more sense. Anyway, we'll see what the future holds for Trolley Square. All right, let's let's do a tour and yeah, give them our business. Let's do it. Go to the museum, check it out. Cool. Well, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for doing all the research. You are welcome. It was fun to learn about and thank you everyone for listening you can find us on instagram at utah famous we have a facebook page that you are welcome to join we are on twitter at utah famous pod you are always welcome to email us at utah famous at gmail.com with comments or suggestions for upcoming episodes we would love to hear from you thanks sarah thanks jordan bye bye Well, I'm going back to Utah.